Steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Steak Shabiro. And now I've added myself. <laughs> the show is off to a great start, I'll tell you that. You cannot tell me that you get to all. Sandra Golden. You created sell one of your children. It's not a big deal. Hey, Rusty Menzel. Everybody's trying to be dads and businessmen. And Drew Butler. And now that she just won album of the year last night, see if you can parlay that with some Travis Kelsey magic on Sunday. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome to Tuesday morning. Sandy is here. Thanks so much for spending the next two hours with us. Two hours. Two hours. It's the Steakhouse and the biggest, baddest signal that I've ever been on. And I've been on some bad signals before, I'll tell you that. Um, I've been on some decent ones, but this is is 100,000 watts. This is like... You drove to Panama City. How far to Panama City can you hear? Past this? Columbus. Past, Past Columbus, Columbus, so you're, as you're heading into Phoenix City and all that. So it's such a big stick energy. I told you we need the T-shirts. That's a good call. Big stick mm-hmm. energy. I've proposed How has it. nobody come up with that before? I don't know. About radio stations. Copyright. We have a lawyer in the hashtag, house. Hashtag big stick Somebody energy. Somebody get on that. How's your mom doing? She's doing so awesome. She's listening right now. We had a lovely three days. Took care of some business what stuff and your, doctor stuff. What was and, what? I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about your best meal. What was the best meal? The best meal is one that I prepared, I will tell you. Yeah, uh, what was it? I made uh, spaghetti sauce from scratch. Nice. And it was delicious. Nice. Yes. Now, if you go nice. out to dinner, do you ever go to dinner when you're there or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early, right? 5 o'clock, 5.30, something like that? Don't get crazy. 6.15. Okay. 6.15. Yeah. We went to, uh, yeah, I had some little Mexican dinner with some friends. What's the delicious. best seafood place in Panama City? The best seafood. Place. Local. Uh, I would say Schooners. Schooners, you're gonna, that's right. That's Cap Manderson's is good. You're going to overpay. It's not as good. Yeah. So, if you go to Cap Manderson's, you better be ready to pay I feel a like more. you're mocking. No. I feel I've, like you went into Steaky with a Southern Accent with the okay. Captain Anderson's. Captain Anderson's. A little bit. No, what I think is that I love, like, uh... Coastal towns yeah. and their lo- local little seafood yeah. places. You need to find the whole Schooners, Captain yeah. Anderson's, mm-hmm. like any I don't know why you're stuff. saying it like that. Barnacle Billy's. No, but, mm. We're going down to Barnacle Billy's. Barnacle Bill's in Tallahassee <laughs> is, I don't even know if it's I didn't still even there. know that was one. That is, Barnacle Bill's, such a good spot. The schooner, mm. the windjammer. No, they have the same on Cape Cod. Cape Cod, we're going down to Windjammer. Grab some uh, yeah. fried clams. Yeah, exactly. You know, go to the clam shack. Ugh. We're going to the clam hut. Yes. Jay, that's a tuna or something. Yeah. Jay, look at it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going. Right down there on the water. You know, if you want to get fresh seafood, that. you get right down there on the water. So that's true. a flounder, man. Oh, so good. Yes. So, yeah. uh. How was your weekend? How's everything here? Holding the Every- fire. You and Rusty sounded so good. Rusty on a Monday. I know. Russ, Rusty was really good yeah. yesterday. He had great perspective. It was good. I talked a little on the air. Obviously, you know, a lot of concerned Georgia parents about their kids getting back to school, which happened yesterday, right? And kudos to everybody in Athens that, you know, did what they needed to do to bring that monster to um, to justice eventually. So it was, it was a – my daughter grabbed a bunch of friends from out of town, which I think most of Georgia did. If you lived out of town, it was really incumbent upon any of the families in Georgia to say, hey, you need to leave campus. So a lot of folks around Atlanta, Sophie ended up going near Clayton. Uh, I guess somebody had a lake, uh, lake house near there, Lake uh-huh. Burton or Lake uh-huh. Raven, whatever. So it was a huge relief on Saturday when that gentleman was apprehended. Did you see how many kids showed up for that? The uh, vigil visual? yesterday at yeah, the Tate Center. Yeah, it was Center. the second lead story on Good Morning America this morning. Really? They went to Athens and did how a wide shot. How many did they say? They didn't guesstimate, but they showed da- a wide shot. It was. I'm hoping my daughter was there for the two 
the two uh the president the of kids. her sorority spoke and I she was so what just i don't know how she got through it but incredible so so that was sad. that was a terrible it was yeah. one of the worst two it's the worst 24 hours that that school has had so it was a relief to be able to think about your your kid going back to school spent a lot of time i was running around in in godforsaken uh georgia at these uh soccer tournaments and then uh watched some high school basketball so whatever it was a nice weekend Good. nothing too crazy very nice yes Spring break is coming up. I'll be out of town for two days. Where are you going? I'm headed to Manhattan. I'll be in Madison Square Garden Tuesday night to watch the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knickerbockers. I'm taking Bobby nice. up to see the Hawks and Knicks so next week for Very spring break. Nice. So we've got a couple of days of that. Um, and then we got a lot going on here today. Yeah, I'm excited. Our leader segment continues. Lauren Kuntz, who is the CEO, president of the YMCA Georgia. It's a huge job. I'm just going to say this before we get our turn nine at nine. Because I was thinking about this last night. And it was irritating me more and more. Because I know Lauren. She's a good friend. The YMCA is incredible. A ton of our listeners, I'm sure, will comment on what the impact the Y had growing up. Mm-hmm. The exact opposite was that ridiculousness with Cam Newton and those two guys that Rusty told us about, the brothers. That whole scene is such an embarrassment Tell everybody what happened. Seven on seven. Yeah, the seven on seven. Cam gets beat. Cam the is night a coach before. of one. The other right that used to work with Cam. They have another team. Listen, now. Cam has, has had this seven on seven team. I've heard about him. I heard about him getting thrown out of a of, like he's been thrown out of these tournaments for shooting, running his mouth. Like you're a you know you're a multi millionaire NFL athlete. You think you can keep it under control? And I'm sorry. I know enough folks have come into run into Cam Newton. He's not always the nicest guy. But the fact that you are throwing haymakers, the fact that you are in the middle of a brawl in front of kids and parents and everybody, it's such an embarrassment. They should be so ashamed of themselves that that happened. And the opposite of that is Lauren Kuntz. These kids that they take care of, they're not seven-on-seven elite Going to Division One colleges, you know, they're not going to to to, to South Carolina or, or you know Nebraska to play football. These are just kids that are trying to you know have somewhere that they can go after school and learn ideals. Right? Think about the volunteer coaches at the YMCA. Right? Yeah, and think you're about, safe. Right, you're but safe think about there. the volunteer mm-hmm. coaches. Yeah, and then think of the video of these guys brawling. At a seven-on-seven with your kids watching you. Yeah. That's what you taught them. The smack talk, the social media nonsense, the -the over-the-top bravado, the toxic masculinity that was going on. What a disgrace all those folks are. I was fascinated by the fact that Cam Newton kept that hat on the entire time. I know. It was impressive. Now, I don't know where he got that Wicked Witch of the West hat. He did. It was <laughs> Dude, impressive. It probably now. cost more than I make at the restaurant, at this at the place. Rest- yeah. At the restaurant. <laughs> Are you working on the side of the restaurant? <laughs> I might be. Listen, when is he going to talk? That hat, he took 17 shots to the head, and that hat did not move. Yeah. Well, anyway, I listen, I've, I've heard this about Cam in the past. But it's everybody involved there. So we have the opposite of that later on. So she's coming in from 10 to 11. I'm 10 super to 11 excited. Leaders. We have yes. a lot of stuff going on. All right, here's our Here 9 at 9. Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top 9 at 9. 9. That's all I need. 
on the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Your Atlanta Braves are heading down the road to Bradenton this morning as spring training fun continues. Braves Pirates 105, Chris Sale making his debut at spring training. A couple of innings we'll get to see from Mr. Sale. Yeah, I mean, two innings would be more than enough, right? Um, well, they're going to now. Max Fried, you went to yesterday, scoreless walk, a couple strikes. So they're doing, warming them up, getting them ready, stretching them out. They're literally stretching them out, to use the baseball term. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that funky three-quarter delivery, Chris Sale. I'll tell you this, only <laughs> only guys that are major leaguers want to pick up a bat and walk in the box when Chris Sale is throwing 97 and just exploding on top of you. He is about as intimidating a figure as there is. You'll see that tail. You won't see it. It's not on TV, right? That's right. Okay. I'm anxious. You'll hear about it. You'll hear about it. That's right. Hawks have the Jazz tonight. Uh, Quinn Snyder welcoming in his old team. 7.30. How'd you guys let Trey, like, broke his finger off while I was gone? My goodness. What a bummer. Interesting article from Mark Bradley today in the AJC. What if the Hawks are better without him? Well, it's not about being better. They're not going to be necessarily a better team. But what if getting rid of Trey Young is the, is the move right now? Yeah. As you're in this purgatory... Bottom, you know, you're, I mean, you're 10th. This we talked about in, it two weeks ago. It's time to go. Trey's going to go. Well, I don't know that it's Trey that has to go. I think you got to be careful because he's a future Trey Hall of Famer. Trey may want to go is my point. Like I said yeah, two weeks ago, Trey might. might want to go. Trey may want to go, and you may have to figure out, or you, you've you got to figure out what the future of the franchise is. Right. And the future of the franchise is not getting in the play-in games at 8, 9, and 10, or 7. The future has to be either we're going to go to the bottom and then figure our way back up. We got we have no draft picks. We got one. We got number one this year, and then we got no number ones because of that trade for Dejounte. So. Right. Uh, Del McGee introduced yesterday as Georgia State's new head football coach. Impressive. You'll hear a lot from him, and you'll like what Kirby had to say. And Steve Weish on Dukes and Bell was outstanding, talking about the Falcons, what they should do. Yeah, I guess that's uh, a lot of what we're going to be covering when we come back, actually. As the Combine gets going today, they're doing a medical, nothing exciting. The fun starts Thursday in the uh, Underwear Olympics. If this is the best quarterback class in over a decade coming out in uh, college football, um, are we okay to sit back and let it play out right in front of us, or do we need to be trading up to the top of the draft? We asked Steve Weich the question. you got to hear what he said. Is Russell Wilson possibly headed to Atlanta? We'll come back and do that on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Steakhouse. Yeah, let's go. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Where we're moving on. Nine twenty-three, nine o'clock hour. Brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration, one-day treatment, life-changing results. AdvancedHair.com. Uh, coming up in three minutes, are the Falcons headed up the draft into the more likely two or three spot where the Redskins and Patriots reside, or is this incredibly deep quarterback draft going to play out where Atlanta has numerous options, either at the eight pick? Second round or with the free agents out there. Steve Weiss from NFL Network, great friend of the show. He was on Dukes and Bell. We'll hear from him coming up in a little bit. The Hawks and Jazz tonight. 
as uh, they are dealing with a Trey Young that possibly will not even return this year. Remember they said he's having the surgery on the yeah. ligament, and then they will evaluate, right? They're going to evaluate after four weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it will be somewhat fascinating to see what the plan will be, not really over the next month. I mean, listen, we know uh, I mean, you're, you're incredibly shorthanded with no Trey Young and Okongu, um, and I don't think you're going to win a ton of games, but – they're in uh, kind of NBA purgatory. Yeah, which not is, kind of. Yeah, I mean, you're since since Dejounte has been here, I think you're ten, twelve games under five hundred over these years. Um, since uh, Quinn Snyder's been here, you're eight games under five hundred. You, you're at the ten hole. Raptors and Bulls trying to take the ten spot. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot to be said that you know, can we find our way into the draft lottery and get lucky? Um, but again, that's you know the, that's a wing and a prayer. I mean, they're in a very funky, unfortunate place because they got all these number ones the next few years that are going to San Antonio. So now you've got to make decisions on Dejounte, on Trey, on personnel, on on what it is you want to move forward. Boogie Cousins doing a uh, podcast with Rachel Nichols. They talked about Trey Young, who is suddenly becoming a major conversation around NBA circles. I hope this is the last time we see him in a Hawks uniform. I feel like his talent is being wasted. His prime is being wasted. Get healthy, get yourself 100% correct, whether that's in Atlanta or, you know, fingers crossed, the San Antonio Spurs. It's so perfect, right? It's a match made in heaven. It just makes sense. This Hawks team just isn't doing anything for this talent. I take it personal because I was in that situation once. Hopefully this offseason, this is a season where he puts his foot down, uses his power, and moves to a situation that's going to be healthy for him. Puts his foot down, uses his power, plays the NBA card that superstars play to say, you need to move me. Dame Lillard did it. LeBron has done it. Lots of guys have done it, make their decisions. I'm going to move on. Um, You realize that it's not – the situation is not tenable. Is that right? And uh, you you have to make a move. I don't know what Trey's thinking. I know that Trey and his dad love Quinn Snyder. I know Trey's saying the right things. But this is going to be about – this franchise is 60 years old in Atlanta, just about 50-something years in Atlanta. I, I'm not worried about Trey Young's feelings, DeJounte's feelings, Quinn Snyder's, you know, intent. I'm worried about the fans here that need to have some hope. When and- they brought Quinn Snyder, Snyder in here early last year and is going to solve all the problems and we're going to have DeJounte and Trey, it's going to be better. You're anything but better. You're worse. You're arguably way worse. Yeah. And it's not working, which is what we talked about two weeks ago. If you're in Trey's camp, the advice to – if Trey was my kid, I'd say, yeah, just kind of maybe you need a new start, uh, fresh look I, on it. And, 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 yeah. I think, Sandra, you're right that if they play well enough, they even play 500 basketball. Remember, there's seven games under with him and DeJounte, Right. If they even play at 500 clip, I think management's going to say, better for Trey, better for us, time to move on. 25 games to play regular season. You're now in the 10 spot. You will not make it out. They went on to say, Rachel and Boogie went on to say, they're not even going to make it anyway. No, they're not. I mean, I know last year you went to Miami and you stole a game and then you ended up in a series, right? But uh, yeah, this is just, it's a very tough, it's a tough world to be living in where the Atlanta Hawks are right now. So 
Hello, Sadiq Bey. Hello, uh, you know, Bogey and DeJounte. But I don't know how many games you can win with a weak bench that now is that much weaker because Bogey's got to start and you got no Trey. I don't know. I'm going tonight. I will have a full report. Good. Right? I'll, I'll have a full report on the game, but also like, you know. Where'd you eat? Yeah, yeah. With me, me Where is your them. go-to eating when you go down to? Out of town? No, State Farm. You're in State Farm wandering around. I don't, I don't. I don't have. That a, was a moment of food. silence, ladies. I have stumped. Well, D Garvin. I have stumped the steak. You know who D Garvin <laughs> is? He's a Food Network chef. He handles the food down there. Uh-huh. I don't know. They get typical stadium fare. It's fine. You know. Oh, I'm not. Boy. Well, no, no. It's fine. Uh-huh. I, I, I like the battery setup. When you eat before the game, you go around those yeah. restaurants and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, a better question should have been, where do you eat downtown when you go to a game? But we don't have time to we get don't. into that. We got to talk time. about Steve Weish. Yeah, we got to talk about Steve Weish. Listen, this is just a uh, it's 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 why the NFL owns the offseason as well, right? Yep. Because the future of the franchise over the next few years is when you're going to find a quarterback. It doesn't mean it's right now. And ask some of these teams that thought they'd found theirs and have had to move on within a year or two or three, right? Um, Giants are trying to figure out their future. Giant uh, Jets they took top quarterbacks in the top five, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they're like, mm-hmm. no. We need Aaron Rodgers. This guy's not going to work. And, you know, the the Redskins, sorry, the Commanders, sound like they may be ready to move on from what? Sam uh, Howell, right? Uh, As or, they should, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They're not giving him much of a shot. But my point is, just because we find a quarterback that's not Desmond Ritter doesn't mean we've found our next quarterback. However, the question is, with a quarterback draft this deep, do you sit tight, go get, you know, a pass rusher at eight, maybe the second round you talk about the Bo Nixes and Michael Penix of the world, which could happen, right? Or J.J. McCarthy. I don't think many of those, you know, I don't know that they're getting out of the first round, those guys, right? And, and it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see, or do you, you know, hit your wagon to Russell Wilson, which is one of the conversations. So here's Steve Weish talking about the draft, what the Falcons may need to do yesterday on Dukes and Bell. I was told even before we had Terry on the show that they were going to be aggressive going to get their quarterback. So to me, the aggression is moving up in the draft to get a guy they like. Now, are you going to be able to get one of the top three teams to come off the pick? Because they all need quarterbacks. So what does that mean? It probably means getting up to four where Arizona is just so nobody can leapfrog you if they decide to do that. I don't think someone like Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins is the first option. I don't know. I don't have any science to that. Mm-hmm. Terry Fontenot sure didn't make me feel like that was the case. I think all things are on the table, though. I think they understand they've got a roster that is playoff worthy. They just got to upgrade a quarterback. Again, my first inclination is that they're going to go out and try to get a young guy. But if that doesn't work, then maybe they make a move for a veteran if one's available. All right, so I, I, I don't need to hear the whole thing. I, I, I get it. Okay, so your thought? On- okay, not my thought. I'm reading Peter King, who, by the way, announces yesterday one of the greatest journalists of all time. Journalist of all time. Yeah. Uh, that he, with Sports Illustrated, thinks that. The winds of change are now shifting with Chicago keeping Justin Fields, okay? Keeping Justin Fields. Trading the number one pick to the commanders who have the second pick, which would mean the commanders now take Caleb, Caleb Williams, yeah. okay? And then Chicago Bears trade the two pick to the eight spot with our Atlanta Falcons. 
So the Falcons would then get uh, the Bears, excuse me, get the eighth pick, Atlanta second round pick, and then the first and round first and second of next year. So you get all that. Yeah, you yeah, like that? To, to Does that entice you? So that would mean Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Yeah, I mean it, that that's the kind of bold move. If you believe in Jaden Daniels, you are going to have to make. Chicago ends up with the eighth pick in the draft. Chicago gets another first rounder next year. Chicago gets a second rounder this year. Chicago gets a second rounder next year. They continue to build around Justin Fields, and we are taking a roll of the dice on Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Okay, I mean that that makes sense. You can't yep. you can't miss at the quarterback. I agree. I don't think that they look at Justin Fields as a guy they want to be spending hundreds of millions of dollars over the next five years. I don't think that my gut is that Raheem and Terry Fontenot, that's the quarterback they're looking for. They want a drop-back passer that can that is not relying on his legs quite as much. Most of the success to Justin Fields is his athleticism. So, yeah, I mean, or, or – I mean, it's just a lot to give up. You still haven't solved a pass rush, but it doesn't matter. If you don't solve quarterback, it doesn't matter. You have, you have to get it right. Yeah. You have to get the quarterback right. So here's right. the question on Russell Wilson, who's talking about playing for a minimum, trying to win a title. If you look at the roster, it is a young roster, right? Mm-hmm. And seven or eight years ago, you say, okay, Russ is a leader of that roster. Well, he had a young roster in Denver for the most part. A lot of those guys weren't buying in. So this is where Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson and everyone there, they've got to really have a pulse on the character of their locker room. Like, is Russ perfect? Like, they don't need him to lead because they've got guys there who can do that. Jesse Bates, maybe. I, I don't know. But... You know, again, that's where you just have to say which is the perfect guy to come in here who can who can not only just play, but who can also get us over the hump because you just want to get to the playoffs or do you want to contend with upcoming teams like Detroit, Green Bay, San Francisco's not going anywhere. So that's what you also have to factor, you know, into all of this as well. Listen, I don't know. Russell Wilson's not the leader of this team. He's not coming to Atlanta to be the leader. That's Grady Jarrett or Jesse Bates. Or, you know, some, at some point, maybe Bijan down the line. So I don't, I don't know that, that, that it may be a stopgap, Sandra. I it don't definitely know. is a stopgap. Right. So, like, how much do you love Jaden Daniels? How much do you love Drake May? I, I don't believe. I would say to the Jets, how much did you love Zach Wilson? I would say, you know, we talked about. Meaning what? It didn't work. So, Two-thirds of the 2021 quarterback class didn't work so out of the top don't, three. Don't tr- it's just a huge risk. You better risk. be one. You, you're I, no I way going to be 100% I, I don't see them passing. But Terry Fontenot is going to hang his hat on, I'm getting Drake Mayer, Jane Daniels. That will be his legacy. I, I think you're right that he wants that. Yep. I think Caleb Williams is going at one. I don't agree with whatever report that was. Whatever report says. Peter that King. Said that's pretty reliable. I mean, to go that one, nobody, no, he's going one to the nobody commanders. Nobody knows though. anything. Nobody, I mean, like, that's fine. Uh, Caleb Williams is going number one in my eyes. Some of them think he's the best quarterback prospect in a decade. Better than Trevor Lawrence, by the way. More more tools uh, in terms of coming out of the draft. So we'll see. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And by the way, our guest yesterday from Chicago said he thinks it's happened in the next four or five days. Yeah. The Justin Fields decision. He was fantastic, by the way. And him talking about how good Justin Fields, he's a five-tool player, but the biggest one tool, tool he doesn't have <laughs> is throwing. that he's not an accurate passer. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's like saying she's the she's the greatest woman in the world. She has everything, but she's a raging alcoholic that likes to cheat on me. 
Other than that, I love she her. She is perfect. She does everything right. She's a great chef, makes a great grilled cheese. When we come back, uh, you'll be surprised to hear what Kirby Smart told Del McGee on his way out of Athens, headed to the ATL. We'll play that. The tailgate coming up. Also, belly up. Got some fun stuff. And Wendy's. Be careful when you're in the Wendy's drive-thru. You may be getting some bad news coming up soon. It's Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The show just hits different. It's the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Nine forty-four Sports Radio nine two nine. The game nine o'clock hours brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results. Steak and Sandra, thanks so much for being with us. Um, Lauren Kuntz, she's the president and CEO of the YMCA of Georgia. It's a huge job, unbelievable organization. She's part of our leaders segment. Uh, we've had a lot of great folks come through here from uh, Ed Bastian of Delta Airlines, Governor Brian Kemp, Mayor Dickens. By the way, it is time to get the mayor and the governor in here. Some, near football season. They love to come in and talk football. Yeah, they do. So they talk a, sports. They'll get more uh, appearances as well. Got a lot of top CEOs in town. She's awesome. She'll come in here and talk about uh, everything that goes on there and how she she is a high-powered female CEO is what she is. And a mom. And has been through a lot with COVID and everything else, trying to run that organization. She has great stories. Impressive. Mm-hmm. She's going to be cool to hang out with. Good. I'm excited. We're going to hang out. How do you meet? How did you meet her? So I met her down at the Hawks game, congratulating her about. The, oh, she's got the patch mm-hmm. for the Hawks. That's a huge deal. Massive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I met her down there. She met my daughter Sophie and didn't just give her pablum and said, "You should call me sometime if you want to talk about leadership. I love to mentor young women." Next thing you know, my daughter was in touch with her, and they were talking about how to, you know, be a business professional and grow into your career and all these different that's things. So, uh, so that's how I got friendly with her. And then I had her come speak at our um, Atlanta Eats Bread and Butter corporate getaway, and she was awesome. She had people crying. She had people crying well, in like the room. for why? Just like her stories about what they did, the why during COVID and wow. what it's like to what, – what that place means. We have so many people listening to probably the why – um, has saved, you know, saved them growing up. And, and you know, um, why is a huge deal? You got a uh, Y near you? Always had a Y growing up. Yeah. yeah. We would go use the pool as a family. Yes, that's yeah. a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got schooled by, I, I played a lot of hoop at the Y over the years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just saying, I play I a know, ball. you're a baller. baller. You know, so it's that's like, what ballers do. I, go, <laughs> uh-huh. I know. <laughs> just go out and kick it around a little bit, you know. We had the big rivalry, the JCC versus the Y. Oh, you know my what goodness. I mean? I'll just be hooping. Yeah, just Christians versus the Jews. It was real. Mm-hmm. That struggle was yeah, real. Yeah, that struggle is real. <laughs> Still to this day. It's time to tailgate. No, we tailgate. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by all four seasons garage and entry doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Looks like Georgia State. Got their guy, Del McGee. How impressive. I've never met him, but, you know, perception is reality. When you talk to anybody and everybody that's met or worked beside or played with Del McGee, they only have such high regards for that man. He was introduced yesterday, press conference, and, of course, what did Kirby think? What was Kirby's reaction to you taking the job? 
All right, first off, uh, Coach Smart was in Hawaii this week, so <laughs> I was uh, in charge of uh, our team uh, back in Athens, and we had six o'clock workouts too, so it was, uh, this week has been very, very, very tough, but Coach Smart really supported the decision. Uh, he, uh, we had deep conversations. It, it wasn't necessarily about finances. He, uh, he was very encouraging, and he knew that I wanted to be a head coach, and he felt like this was a great opportunity for me to seize, and he thought that this was a really, really good fit. It is a great fit. When you look at his resume stake, the amount of high schools that he's coached in, he's from Columbus. He knows everybody was an analyst at Auburn, and then Georgia Southern, he was the running backs coach for a while, and then to Georgia. You could not have mapped out a perfect plan to be a head coach at a Georgia He's got those contacts all over the state. He's well-known in the high school ranks. Obviously, he knows what it's like to be at the absolute elite, which is the University of Georgia, national titles. Um, And I don't think Kirby would have said this is a good job if he didn't believe it was. Uh You know, Del McGee was going to have more options, you know. um, And 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 just so you know, like when Kirby leaves town – he leaves he was Del in charge. McGee. I know, which Del is, McGee is a I think his point guy. was that's not what you want to hear when you're in Hawaii, that the sure. guy's running your program is about exactly. to take another job. Yeah. But but to be that supportive, he did it the right way in Georgia State. Listen, uh, when you're a non uh, when you're a group of five and a non power five, it's hard, man. And it's hard with NIL and the portal and everything else. And uh I, I think he's got the right mindset to keep moving Georgia State, who had his had a great run of bowl games and everything else. Um with uh Buddy, who just left to go to South Carolina? Who's a who's a head? Sean Elliott. So, Sean El- oh, so he yes, did a great yes. job. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, yeah. Sean Elliott did a great job. Del McGee can uh, piggyback off of that. Yeah, to live in downtown Atlanta and play football there, good for him. Want to just mention the combines getting underway today? Sort of. You're not going to see a ton on TV. They have the interviews, the medicals, uh, on-field workouts. I'm concerned about Rusty and him not leaving his TV to watch on-field workouts. No, 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 no. Listen to what Rusty said. He's going to watch live, 8 to 11, and then later that night he will watch the replay. And I was like, bro, like, I'm watching The Sopranos again for the second time, but, like, you know, I didn't just watch it earlier in the day, and that's a drama. Funny. You're watching the same offensive lineman from East Carolina try to bench uh, whatever, 225, Whatever that number is. It's, it's on. What are you watching the second time at at twelve forty seven a.m.? Did you really catch I, something? I was texting with Rusty last night around nine thirty. I'm worried. And for he him. sends me. I said I'm very worried about you and your. Com- I'm sorry to interrupt your combine. He sent me a screenshot. He was rewatching Georgia Kentucky. So again, he is Brandy. Hysterical. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm Good watching Mister and Mrs. Smith with uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, how the, is that? Really, it's it's cool. It's dark. He's watching Georgia, Kentucky. Yeah. We got to get to Bella. That's up. it. We're All done. right. Yep. We're, We're ready to switch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're ready to switch gears here for a second. Let's go. Belly up here. And, uh, what's everyone talking about? Yo, yo, what's the deal? We've got you covered. As we belly up. On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Imagine you're standing in line at Wendy's. And there's two or three people in front of you. It's, say, 1210 this afternoon. Yep. And you're set. I'm going to get a double cheese. I'm ready to go. And all Fries, of a sudden, drink, yep. you're looking up. And that, that burger meal, which was just seven fifty nine for everything, 
You watch the digital menu, and it now flips over, and it says eleven sixty-seven is now your price. Wendy's is about to be the first fast food restaurant that is incorporating surge pricing a la Uber. Yeah, busier time of day, you're going to pay more. Uh, quieter time of day, you're going to pay less. They're already the most expensive fast food, but but I mean... How is this? They're investing $20 million to do all digital menus, even at the drive-in. So as you're sitting at the drive-in and you're the next car to pull up and the prices start to change. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know how much more expensive it's going to be at lunchtime than it already is. It's pretty expensive. may go up a little bit. I think what I believe in reading the articles, what they're also trying to do, Sandra, is it's the equivalent of the uh, playing the Brooklyn Nets on a Tuesday night. You're going to get a cheaper ticket on a Tuesday at State Farm. I think also if you come to Wendy's at 2.47 p.m., you're not going to pay. Listen, it's expensive. Fast food. Now, there's a whole reality. We, we read about it. It's, oh ex- it's as expensive to drive through a fast food. What did you tell me? The uh, McDonald's McDonald's, is? the Big Mac meal is $18 at some restaurants now. The fries, drink, I don't know if it's a double Big Mac, oh 17 my. 18 bucks. Listen, I love Chick-fil-A, worth every penny, but I'm going to tell you, I feed my kids and their friends. You could go, you know, to an Applebee's or, or Chili's and pay the same, man. And I'll, I'll argue that food's better at Chick-fil-A. I'm going to predict this will be a massive, massive fail. The way it's getting spun is absolutely. They're going to have to explain it's going to mean you can pay less at times than the highest I know you price. have a lunch hour at noon to one, but could you come at three? Your item yes. will be cheaper. Well, right. good luck with that, well, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hours. where's the meat? Exactly, exactly. Hey, finished. Uh, I heard you talking yesterday about the Dynasty. I've watched all four episodes, yes. and I figured out why I hate the Patriots so yes. much. There's well, a lot of reasons. The Patriots are the evil. That Bill Belichick and his role, and whether it's a role or he's not acting, right? Like, Well, there's no question the villain oh, is Bill Belichick. And he cheated in Spygate. There's no question about it. And Ernie Adams said so much. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, that was fascinating two episodes, especially when Belichick gets busted for Spygate. They decide they're going to score 50 points every week with Randy Moss, and then they lose the Super Bowl. So if you don't like the Patriots, you really enjoyed episode four. Yeah, you certainly did. But it, they're just not a likable bunch, none of them. And I well, know you're close to why it. Why do you say I just, none of them? It just, I mean, Bill Belichick's not likable, but Teddy Bruschi's not likable. Teddy likeable. Bruschi's awesome. Yeah. yeah he's, I mean, that guy is. And, but and, they're all in. I mean, they definitely were all. I've, I've never been a bigger Giants fan than seeing that replay. So, I, anyway, it's so well done. I couldn't agree with Steak more. It's well, really just really in, in terms of filmmaking and storytelling, oh, it's so right? Good. And I'll watch any team. I don't care if I like them or hate them. If you if you have filmmaking at that level, Day Day, you saw some of it last. Yeah, night, I got right? a chance to watch an episode and a half. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's great the way they put it together. Um, and to your point about like all that footage. All that the footage, access, like the, yeah, like, interviewing eighty-one people and the and the and the the people you enter the security guy at Giant Stadium that busted uh, Belichick yes, filming. Yep. They found that guy that uh, that sergeant of the New York Police Department. Um, they get access. possession of nine tenths of the law. I said <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking that and I'm, I'm holding on to those tapes. Not- and Roger Goodell uh, destroying all the tapes after Spygate. Anyway, a lot to it as well. Anything else we missed? Oh, we got to play this real quick on the way to break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last, Knicks last night. Yeah, Detroit's a terrible team. They go to Madison Square. Knicks are struggling. They got a bunch of injuries. And Monty Williams knows with eight seconds left, they're, they got the game in hand. A guy uh, rushes. I don't know who that was, uh, Day Day. 
that the uh, guy on the Pistons gets taken out at the knees. Yeah, I, I can't remember the guy's name. Jalen Brunson and one of his teammates were going after the ball as well. And Pistons yeah. in possession. They get taken out at the knees. They Horrible non-call. Referees admitted they missed the call. Here's Monty Williams' press conference right after the game. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. Oh, my God. You cannot miss that in an NBA game. Period. Yeah, and then he, and he uh, takes no questions. No, he's like, where's the New York media now? Right. Where's the New York? Like, <laughs> he he was, was awesome. He has to stick up for his team. He'll yeah, take the $50,000 fine. They go to that referee report after the game. They said they missed the call. That that and 70 cents will get you a coffee. Or that and $14 will get you a double at Wendy's. Like, you know, <laughs> right. like what, what am I going to do with that? Right. Uh, when we come back, leaders, 10 o'clock hour, Lauren Coots from the YMCA. Sports Radio 929 The Game. That That's an abomination. Some of the most impressive folks around uh, Metro Atlanta and the state of Georgia, and uh, this this young lady definitely fills that role. Lauren Coots, who's the president CEO of the YMCA of Metro Atlanta. Great yes. to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, how many people? How many uh, buildings? How many folks <laughs> um, are a part of of what you guys do on a day to day basis? Well. We're 166 years old. We're actually the oldest nonprofit in Atlanta, but I like to call us a 166-year-old startup because we have to continue to innovate and understand what communities want and need. Um, We have about 35 different locations, which includes early learning, kind of YMCAs that you think of with the gym and and a pool and youth activities to resident camps, about 60 after-school locations. Um, yeah, so we cover the, the metro region. So any given day, how many uh, kids may find their way through a YMCA in the course of a day? I mean. Thousands? Uh, yeah, thousands. 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 Right? Yes. And you have been uh, the CEO for how long? Almost five years. But I've been with the Y for 12. So explain the business. And we'll talk about the patch and the mm-hmm. Hawks mm-hmm. and how that deal happened. And um, we'll talk about your fascinating stories about COVID and, and whatnot. But um, – how uh, how do you get involved? What's your background in terms of this is a huge job? I know you're also on the national board also, right? Do some things there, yeah. Yeah, for the YMCA. So um, what, what's a background to end up at a CEO presidency of a job like that? Well, I first started in sports marketing okay. um, back in the day, 1996 uh, Olympics, and spent about three years working uh, for Lonnie Cooper at Career Sports mm. Management. And um, then after I got an MBA, I jumped to the nonprofit area, which everyone thought it was crazy. Um, but I really wanted to 
get into a role where I could start to make an impact in the community. I grew up in a small town and kind of searching for that sense of community here in Atlanta when I moved here. And so um, just jumped right into it. And uh, over the course of many years, got to work with some great organizations, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, but really, I think my career changed when I worked at Cox Curry & Associates, which is a consulting firm that really works with every nonprofit in Atlanta. And you really kind of understand the lay of the land. You understand how the for-profit, nonprofit kind of government sectors all work together. Mm -hmm. um, I was so fortunate to be on the team that was part of the Save Grady Hospital campaign, probably one of the biggest wow. honors of my life. Um, just because, you know, I don't think people really understood at that time that it was the only level one trauma center in Atlanta. And if you don't have that, you can't have major sporting events. You can't have big concerts. They don't come here without that type of... Um, access. So um, from there, really made the jump to the why. Came in as the chief development officer, which means I raise money. Um, and after a few years, uh, the board and leadership saw something in me and gave me a chance to expand um, what I do into operations. And then in 2019, became the internal candidate uh, when they did a national search. How many folks work for you? Um, are, about 2,000. About 2,000. Mm -hmm. So leadership, how you grow into that, what, you know, where does it come from, who are your mentors, how does all that play out? What a great question. Um, you know, I think I really looked up to my parents first and foremost, and I had teachers that, you know, I look back at and I really can appreciate them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I've learned as much from people I've worked for that weren't great leaders as yep. I have in terms of working for people who were great leaders. I, I think the biggest mentor in my life was Ann Curry, who um, was the principal of Cox Curry and Associates. Um, she was just one of those people who was super strategic. I always say, like, being in a meeting with her was like that queen's gambit. She could just, like, look at the <laughs> ceiling and move everything around. And, you know, this person's connected with this person. And she could just make things happen. And so just by osmosis, I kind of learned how to do that same thing. What happens to the why during that COVID period where there are thousands and thousands of kids that rely on it for after-school programs, rely on it as, you know, for the uh, for meals in some cases, or their school for meals, right? Right. And the why, like how big a crisis? That was right at the beginning of your run, right? Yes. I, I had a few months under my belt when COVID happened. And yeah, so if you think about, we serve about 3,000 children birth to five every day in one of our early learning centers. We have a large Head Start contract, which means we're serving a lot of families that are living at poverty or below. Um, and so we're feeding those kids a hot breakfast and lunch. Um, in after-school programs, um, feeding kids a hot dinner. So we knew when we had to close our doors that there were a lot of children who were not in school and there were a lot of children who weren't in after-school programs, and we really were concerned about where they were going to sure. be able get to a eat. Meal. Yeah, yeah, get a meal. Are they getting a meal? Yeah, and so we have four commercial kitchens, and so we started firing up all the food we had, and we started putting it out there You know, to all of the families that we serve. You can come to one of our parking lots, and we'll have meals ready for you to pick up. And then word got out. We ended up working with the Atlanta Braves. They called and said, we hear you're doing this. Um, we've got a ton of food since we don't have a season. Um, we'll cook it, and you guys come get it. So over the course of about six months, we ended up having a, a network of 68 partners, and we served 600,000 meals out of a YMCA parking lot here in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. And then the other piece was, you know, 
those who worked on the front lines of COVID, doctors, nurses, med techs, firefighters, police officers, they didn't have the luxury of working from home. So we ended up working with every major hospital system in Metro Atlanta and offering emergency child care for those working on the front lines of COVID. So we turned our buildings literally um, almost overnight with the support of the state of Georgia and licensing into you know, child care. And we were doing it in masks and with temperatures and gloves. And, you know, people would say, how do you have a five-year-old, you know, have space around them? We, we move them with hula hoops, right? It's just to make sure that, you know, everybody was safe. And, and we served um, about 3,000 kids over the course of that, at that time in those programs. So, you know, I think what we had to ask ourselves is what skill sets and did we uniquely have that we could positively impact people in such a difficult time of uncertainty? Um, so it was it was very interesting, but I, I think it made the organization more resilient and um, really kind of reintroduced us to the public of kind of who we were and what we are beyond kind of maybe what people had thought. Unsung heroes. I've <laughs> never heard of this before. I've never heard that story, Lauren, and shame on me. That's no. tremendous. Well, if you think about the massive uh, crisis of, first of all, families, that, I mean, this is where... The why raises a lot of kids, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and you don't have that. You didn't have school, so they're not getting their meals there, right? I mean, you're seeing stuff that, frankly, um, you know, there's a lot of privileged listeners listening that don't understand uh, or working parents. So you're, go, you're going zero to five for parents that are working. You're taking care of those kids, right? Absolutely. So, again, we're at early learning. We're in after school. We're in summer day camp, which sounds like it's a nice to have, but that's working. That's um, child care for working families, right. teen programs. I mean, it's it's all year. It's all day. How much passion do you meet athletes, professional athletes? You've got this deal with the Hawks. Now we'll talk about that, who talk about what the Y, especially the Atlanta, Metro Atlanta Ys have done in certainly – some tougher neighborhoods than than just yeah. the, the the you know the more normals some of the suburban stuff that people maybe listen and grew up with. Yeah, I mean, I think you you think about some of our locations like our Andrew and Walter Young Family YMCA in Southwest Atlanta, our villages at Carver YMCA. I mean, these are wise that honestly, you know, eighty to ninety percent of the people in the building are there on some level of scholarship or financial assistance we've provided, and it's just so critical to be in all communities. Every community is unique and different, and so. We talk about having freedom in the framework. We have to make sure that when we're in a community, we're listening and we're providing what families and, and kids need. And so we have a program that I just love at those two Ys called Boys and Young Men of Color. And it's all about mentoring. It's all about bringing um, African-American successful men in and helping young boys, middle school, high school, understand that they have pathways and opportunities um, that maybe they're not seeing outside of their front door. So you got a few thousand people working for you. What's the best way to get in trouble with the boss when you are uh, when you're working in one of these organizations or a manager or something along those lines? What are the what are the rules? I got uh, like, how do you know you're in, you're in bad way with Lauren Coots? If you tell me it's not your job, or if you tell me we've already done that before and don't try it, <laughs> you don't like to hear that, right? I don't like to hear that. How are we with like being on time for meetings and things like that, or just like yeah, are pretty, you pretty strict about that? Pretty prompt, yeah. But you're. Uh... But I'll start the meeting if you're not there. It's okay. Right, right. <laughs> Um, when we come back, I want to talk about, first of all, it's a massive deal, the NBA and the Y, right? Yes. How, how much do you love those patches? Oh, my uh, gosh. I love them. I wear my custom jersey around the office on a regular oh, that's basis. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's no small deal. And the history of the Y in basketball, we'll talk about. Also, I got fired up this morning. I saw the Cam Newton video. I just showed it to you. Yeah. 
kind of like the anti-Y mindset. Is that safe to say? I think that's safe to say. <laughs> yeah, my kids played at the Y. I never saw something like that before, right? Um, so we'll talk about that as well. Lauren Coots is live in studio. She is the president, CEO of the Metro Atlanta YMCA. Lots to talk about. We continue on Leaders, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Game. Ten twenty-three on the number one sports talk radio station, the Southeast. It's uh, the Steakhouse. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden, Lauren Coots is here. She's the big wig. She's a very important, powerful lady. CEO, President, Metro Atlanta YMCA, and uh, they do such amazing work all over the world, but especially uh, here in Atlanta. Ten o'clock hour. Um, man cave store mancavestore.com you guys right there in norcross pop in play some video games you want a custom tool pool table with like the big florida state head in the middle or of course georgia or georgia tech so, so mancavestore.com my kids have played in the y i guess it's the buckhead y the mark uh what is sanders. it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the sanders y off of uh, moore's mill no not that one the one in uh near marist Oh, yeah, Coward. Coward, Coward yes, y. yeah. I'm going to quiz you on every wise title. <laughs> I got so, it. Okay, no, let, not that one. <laughs> yeah, so, so that is the Buckhead Y, the Sanders one, which is all, they're, they're great facilities. They are. Really, really nice. Um, we didn't have a lot of what happened. Where was that day day? What town was that seven on seven that came It was here. It was in Atlanta. Yeah, no, I know. I was just wondering what. Oh, where. what part? I'm not sure what part of town, but yeah, it was here in Atlanta. So, like. I had a rant this morning to start the show that Cam Newton and then that entire everybody around that should be so humiliated with what that that was like the antithesis of everything you're trying to teach young people, coaches, kids, sportsmanship, discipline, um, uh, uh, a way to treat. I mean. And and the fact that that Cam Newton, who by the way, I'm not gonna get in a soapbox about what I've heard about him in the past, been thrown out of these tournaments before. But like my kids played in all the Y leagues, right? And I know this is a different deal, but it's still these are young people, high school kids that are watching coaches brawl, throw haymakers, act a fool in front of parents, coaches, everybody else. And what do you think of when you saw that stuff? Well, it just makes me sad for the kids because you know, no matter you know, no, no matter the kid, no matter the neighborhood, a lot of kids really need a healthy coach influence in their lives. And and for many people, you know, you ask people kind of who was the biggest impact in your life, and you're going to hear a coach. Yeah. And I think that's what really makes me sad is you have these young men who many of them are looking for, you know, a coach or a father figure to look up to, and you know, if that's what they're seen as the norm and and someone that's so famous. Um, that's going to sink in. And so I think, you know, for us, we talk a lot about youth sports really being a vehicle for character development and for learning how to play on a team and for resilience and grit. Um, We think those are the important parts of it. A lot of studies done about business leaders and, um, you know, folks who have done great things in their life, the impact that playing sports or just say the age-old thing about you get bad grades, I'm going to pull you out of sports, and then the research suggests that you're going to probably do worse 
if your kid doesn't have that outlet or whatever it is, right? Absolutely. All, all the research I'm sure you've seen on that type of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, the more that we can engage kids in what they're passionate about, the more likely they're not going to obviously get in trouble. And so I think youth sports are such a critical part of our communities. You know, I think what's kind of sad, though, is you're starting to see so many kids get to, you know, sixth or eighth grade and age out. And if they're not super hyper competitive, um, they don't feel they have a place anymore to play. And so that's one of the reasons that we extend our programming for teens. We still, you know, do basketball and soccer and all these other sports for teens because, you know, they still need a place to yeah. have an outlet. They may not be on the super competitive travel team or maybe even the Or make the high school team. Right. I mean, listen, trying to play varsity sports in Atlanta or in these travel teams or the travel teams, they'll, tra- they'll take your money and have a fifth team, right? You know, uh, <laughs> like, oh, is it? <laughs> You have five teams? Yeah, we got a fifth team we're putting together. So give me $800 and you'll travel. You'll go to Dahlonega. You won't go to Tennessee. Uh, but but the, the reality is, yeah, it's hard to make those teams as a female or, you know, young female or male athlete. And the why is trying – I mean, let's cut to the chase about single-parent homes where a dad's not in the house. You're – you hear these athletes say that the YMCA coaches raised them yeah. or had a major impact, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we hear that all the time. People you know, come back, they call us, they talk about the impact the Y has had in their life. I mean, just even when we get to the Hawks, talking about Trey Young, you know, he credits the YMCA. That's where he started playing three-year-old basketball. So you just, it has such an impact on people's lives. And I really do believe that Kids are stronger when they have supportive coaches and adults in their life, teachers that really care about them and that kids know they care about them. And that's one of the reasons that we work with really all the sports teams in town, the United, the Falcons, the Hawks, you know, everybody really to provide our volunteer coaches with training so they understand how to show up on that field and be a good influence and a good role model. The single greatest thing I just read this past week was talking about kids playing sports, and they were talking about the teenagers. The best thing they can do is have a ball in their hands because they can't have a phone in it at the same time. Love that. Social Love media. That. I know. Isn't that good? So good. Yeah. Because Liz, social media and the torment, especially on girls. Well, I shouldn't even say especially on but girls. No, but it I'm is. hearing more about the 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. and the bullying. Awful. If they're in soccer, if they're on the – whatever they're doing. You don't have a phone in your that head. That is a great well, – listen, I, every parent I talk to, they don't care for the most part. And I have had every end of it. Listen, we used to talk, make fun of make fun of Bobby. Listen, he's my son. We can joke about it. Like He wasn't the best athlete for years, and he's immatured into it. But it was like, I don't care what he's doing as long as he's outside, running around, yeah. enjoying what he's doing, and not gaming, mm-hmm. and not, you know, get with his phone. That's the biggest – battle there is you got two kids right yeah i've got a 20 year old and a 17 year old and neither of them have really ever been into video games um, which i'm thankful for but a lot of it is to do with sports my you know my son's played youth football youth basketball youth soccer he's a huge golfer now so he's outdoors all the time right but that's a great i mean like we're fighting that battle they wear you down like by the time i don't have the strength anymore i know you know we know what's going on in there and uh I'll try to set limits with the phone and everything else. All right, so I know the patches of, like, banks, and for a while it was crypto, right? But that went south. Or, But it's a very commercial, marketed, high-profile corporate thing, the NBA patch, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So you're a nonprofit, right? Yes. So how do you end up with one of the most uh, visible, you know, marketing corporate deals which I assume is not, you know, uh, 
you know, the Hawks are in the, in the business to make money as well, right? Right. So how does that deal happen that you guys now have the NBA patch? Well, it really all starts with Andrew Saltzman. I've got to give him credit. I know him. Salsa, shout out. (laughs) Yes. He's uh, the chief (laughs) revenue officer for the Atlanta Hawks and State Farm Arena, and he's a big fan and supporter of the Y here in Atlanta. And he really talks about his dad's experience at a Y up in New York and how that saved his life in terms of his health. And so um, he's been involved with us for five or six years, and um, he was – actually at a YMCA conference of COOs, and he was speaking about creating a great experience based on what he does with the Atlanta Hawks. And he said he came off the stage and he looked at the Y step and repeat, and he thought, wow, that logo would look great on an NBA jersey, specifically the Atlanta Hawks NBA jersey. Oh, wow. And uh, he gave us a call and said, I think I have this, this idea that we need to explore. And so within, you know, a week, uh, we're sitting down with he and Steve Coonan, and we're talking about kind of how this may work. And you know, the way it really happened was, you know, you they got the, they got Tony and Jamie and the owners really excited about this. And I think it speaks to the fact that the Atlanta Hawks really are a civic asset and they really are interested in impacting community on the ground level. Perfect. And they really saw that by partnering with us, the organization that invented basketball in 1891. Um, in Springfield, Massachusetts right. at a Y. At a Y. James Naismith, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. So it really made total sense. You know, like, here we are. We invented the game. We're working with kids in youth sports, including basketball, every single day, year-round. And they really were willing to kind of sit down and get creative and think about how we could create a partnership unlike anything that's ever been seen. So this is the first time that uh, a nonprofit logo has been on an NBA jersey, and we are just so excited. Adam Silver loves it from what I heard, right? Yes, yes. You heard that. I did hear that. Yeah. It's a perfect marriage. Well, because it's like it's basketball brilliant. was born at a Y. It's terrific. With a peach basket, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Bo Bach, I think, was there. He was one of the coaches. Oh, back he certainly was. Yeah. I remember seeing him in the uh, jersey, yeah. the YMCA so, jersey. So uh, the, the making – you got a P&L and a bottom line, and you need to make money. So for every inner-city scholarship mm-hmm. that's offered, and not just inner-city, but there's a lot of it is there – you want the dude that's thinking about lifetime fitness or somebody else to say you don't need to spend that money, spend it with us, correct? Absolutely. And and write a check for your kid to play youth sports. So what's the business model of what that patch does to what drive membership? What it's, we, re- what? it's really everything. I mean, like I said, I think we're a hundred and sixty-five year old startup, and so for us, it's all about continuing to be relevant in the community. And I think, you know, one of the ways we can do that is by reaching kids. And making sure that they have a place like the Y to go and have programs like youth basketball to be a part of. So for us, you know, being aligned with a, you know, amazing brand like the Atlanta Hawks. And we think Atlanta Hawks being, you know, aligned with a kind of global iconic brand like the Y only does good things for both. But, yeah, we have to have, you know, the way our model works is we do need people to pay full pay who can. And then we don't turn anyone away right. from a YMCA. We do a sliding fee scale and offer financial assistance. And so that's really the beauty of the Y is you might have someone who's a CEO working out right next to someone who's on a you know scholarship of 75%. From a, from a marketing perspective. Aren't people much more uh, don't don't they feel much better possibly 
of knowing that when I'm investing money in my gym, my gym's the why, which, by the way, the facilities are awesome, right? Yes, of course. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's not like 40 years ago when you no, walked into not a your, yeah, right. it's not like your dad's why. Yeah. 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 No, and, I, and you're spending money on a, on a non-profit. Right. That is, a, you know what I mean? I'd rather spend that than no offense to Lifetime Fitness. What do we owe Lifetime Fitness, right? Right. No, I mean, it's a, com- it's a community asset. It's where you can volunteer. It's where you can work out. It's where your kids can be there. You can be together as a family. So... It really kind of is the heartbeat of any community where it is, and and we love that. We feel like the Y should be kind of the most naturally uh, occurring, diverse organization in a community because we champion communities where everyone belongs. You can come to the Y and be exactly who you are. And you turn nobody away. Nobody's turned away. All right. When we, awesome. co- when we come back, I'm gonna t- we're going to talk about a phone call that changed the uh, – well, look good on your P&L, speaking of P&Ls, right? You got a call a, a number of months yes. ago. From somebody decided is the biggest gift ever in uh, mm-hmm. Metro Atlanta history. Yeah, are we allowed say. to say who it is when we come back? Yeah, wow, Steak and Kimberly yeah. writing that kind of check. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, I knew the Shapiros were doing well. Good for you. Yeah, good no, for you. No, Lo- now I know why Lawrence here. Yeah. Now I see. We'll tell you that story. We'll play three strikes and uh, continue our leader segment. Ten o'clock hour brought to you by Man Cave Store. Visit Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit mancavestore.com. You probably heard of the family. Now you find out how big. Oh, we won't say what the number was, but it was big. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Radio 929 the game. In honor of Black History House. Make some damn noise. Sports Radio 929 the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Stake Shapiro, Sandra Golden, Lauren Coots co-hosting on the leader segment with us. She's uh, the uh, president and CEO of the Y here in Metro Atlanta. Uh, big game of the night, of course. I want to go see the Hawks YMCA patch. I mean, I'm not an idiot. I'll be down there tonight. Uh, Hawks and Jazz. Tip at 7.30. Our pregame begins right here on your home of the Hawks at 7 o'clock. So that's our big game of the night. I'll give you our three strikes questions. Also, if you just want to talk about the experience the YMCA was for you and your neighborhood where you grew up, um, you can do that. You're going to have to answer the three strikes questions as well. And then you're going to get to hear one of our questions. We're going to answer it, um, the the three of us, because, of course, I put us all in front of these questions in the break. Actually, before we do that, I do want to mention the biggest gift that you've ever received, which was in a time of uh, a little bit of turmoil, yeah, peril, right? Absolutely. COVID? COVID, 2020. And um, because, again, we're a large organization and employ a lot of folks. Um, and we had more than 500 full-time equivalent staff in 2019 across all of those 35-plus you know, locations and 60 after-school sites. And the PPP, that first package, was written so that you could not receive any PPP if you had more than 500 employees. So in 2020, as we're doing that food work we talked about, as we're doing the emergency child care for those on the front lines of COVID, we did not get $1 of federal support relief. And, um, you know, really it was philanthropy. It was the Atlanta local philanthropy that have known us and know what we do, really stepping forward early to say, we're going to support what you're doing right now. We were you know, able to offer those child care programs, those emergency child care at low and or no cost. Right. Um, but, you know, as 2020 went on, we're still offering those types of programs, but we lost 50% of our membership, about 100% of our youth programs that right. year. Um, so it was, yeah, no it was league, tough times. No league fees coming in, nothing yeah, like that, very, right? Very, very tough. Yeah. So, so what happened? 
So uh, it's November 2020, and we've you know been getting up every day and putting on our armor and doing battle to make sure there's a why on the other side of whatever you know. Yeah, this whatever was. this thing ends. And um, I got this email um, from somebody uh, out in San Francisco that said, um, you know, can can we talk? And so I picked up the phone, and uh, this this person said, I work for um, you know a philanthropist, and and they would like to make a gift to the YMCA of Metro Atlanta. And, um, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, am I being catfished here? Like, this sounds, you know, whatever. And, uh, but I get on the phone and um, the person says, you know, uh, do you know who um, Mackenzie Scott is? And I'm thinking, I do know who Mackenzie Scott is. Um, she had recently, at that point, been divorced from Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Otherwise known as, I think she's the third richest person in the world, or right and up gives there. gives it away, yes. all the money. She gives all the money away. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this was very early on in that process. I think oh, maybe man. she had gone through kind of one round yeah. of giving before this. And so she said, um, you know. Great lesson for the men listening out there, too. You want, <laughs> you want to behave yourself, right? She got a nice settlement. Anyway, right. we continue. <laughs> so basically, I'm on the phone, and. This, this woman, her name was Lauren as well, and she said, you know, um, Mackenzie Scott wants to make a gift to your organization, and it was, you know, multiple million, uh, millions of millions dollars. Of millions dollars. of dollars. The biggest gift ever by a lot. Yeah, and uh, it really allowed— How'd she find you guys? So she has teams of people who are just looking around the country at good things that are happening. I mean, since then, she's given money to the Boys and Girls Club, to mm-hmm. HBCUs here in Atlanta, to Big Brothers, Big wow, Sisters. I mean, awesome. She really is an amazing, amazing philanthropist. And what was the craziest part? was they said, um, there are no strings attached to this. We've already done our background homework. We've looked at you. We've looked at your board. We feel good about making this gift. We know that you know best how to spend it, which never happens. Um, and all we want in return is a two-page report once a year for three That's years. crazy. And the thing cleared wow. your bank account. How, <laughs> how it, soon? Um, yeah, we. they said we'll transfer the money today That's, if you need come it. Come on. No, they did. And and But you have oh to understand goodness. that at this point, we're really at our lowest. Again, we've lost half of our membership. We've lost our youth programs. We didn't get a dime of federal so support. You, so you go look at the bank account in the next two days, <laughs> and there is, man, I know the number, but it's millions and millions of dollars. Right there. Yeah, we set up a separate account, so okay. that would be restricted. Um, right. And it, it had two keys. It had to have the board chair yeah, and me to turn it to make sure anything came out of it. But our friends at Truist, yeah, they were the first call we right. made. Right. <laughs> they say, we got a little bit of a deposit coming in, right? That's right. All right, yeah. here's our three strikes questions. The wow. uh, neighborhood hangout, i.e. gym, why, whatever it was, when you were, let's say, uh, what age should we say, 12 Twelve and is perfect. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. Um, your most uh, impactful coach, mentor, shout out. Um, there's not a guy I know that doesn't have a favorite coach. A lot of them were their and little girls, league coaches, yep. the nine or ten or girls. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Um, so who was it? I would say ninety percent are not your high school coach. Ninety percent are probably not even your middle. Like there's somewhere along the line, one of these youth coaches was the guy mm-hmm. or the woman. And then because we were listening to YMCA coming back. Um, which uh, is the village people. Give us the first music that you ever purchased. The first music. So for me, I bought a 45. We have uh, Alan O'Day, Undercover Angels. This may date Lauren. Too young to know this, but do you even know this song, Sandra? I love this song. Undercover Angel. First 45 I ever purchased. And they were what, 67 cents or something? Yeah, so I yeah. went, it was 89 yeah. cents. Yeah, there you go. You buy a little 45. Yeah. What was your uh, first music you purchased? Well, I, you know, Lauren's going to be of shocked because I'm kind of a fanalow still, but it was Barry Manilow, Mandy, and you're way too young to know. Oh, I do know that song. All right, silence, silence. 
beautiful. This is powerful. <laughs> I liked it. We're holding hands during. Absolutely. I feel like Swain. we're closer. It's very kumbaya in here. Big lead in. I remember all my life. The first music you ever purchased. <laughs> Lauren, what was yours? Um, I am a child of the 70s and 80s, and it was Duran Duran, yes. Hungry Like the Wolf, 84. Yes. I was 10 years old, yes. and I would blast that in my room. First music you purchased. So your hangout when you were 12, most impactful so coach slash mentor, give him a shout out, or her, and the first music you ever purchased. This is not listening to your... You know, my mom listened to Barbara Streisand. I know you're shocked. Wow. <laughs> I know shocking. Well, I don't know. I don't want to upset people out there, but I don't know that you've heard, but Barry Manilow is gay. So is that it was, really? Is that breaking news? I, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I upset yeah. you? I'm sorry. I, it upset me when I found out young, when I was young. And, oh, really? And I was like, wow. I thought for sure Barry Manilow it, was going to be my boyfriend. It took 50. It did not go well. It took 50 years for him to come out. You realize that? And it was like I might have had an inkling earlier. Yeah, I was gonna than say that. least surprising news in history <laughs> when he came out at like eighty. Anyway, oh, that's our three strikes. Those are good ones. Right now. So what's your take? I'm very upset. It's time for you to sound off with three strikes. Bring it the gone on the steakhouse on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Love to give your local Y a shout out in the process as well. And we get two or three minutes. 404-726-09. 2-9. Hey, Tinker, you're on the air. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. What's the uh, neighborhood hangout when you were 12? Uh, we, we didn't have no venues. We straight old school. We went. We played baseball in the street. All we right. played street ball. Your most impactful coach slash mentor. Shout out. Uh, football coach at Harrison High School, uh, Coach Hightower. He was a Vietnam vet. He didn't put up with nothing. First music you ever purchased. It was with my own money, and I bought it at Turtles Record Store over there on Fair Parkway, and it was Metallica's Black Album. Thanks, buddy. We've got a couple of lines available, 404-726-0929. I also, if you're following me on Twitter, at Sports Sandra, I just sent you the link to ymcatlanta.org, and uh, Lauren told us if you can get in before two days from now, the 29th, mm-hmm. no fee at all. So if you want to be a member, you can find out about having your kid go there. If you would like to volunteer, you want to talk about making yourself, your kids need to be bored, go volunteer at a YMCA. Or you're hiring for the summer, a ton of summer. Oh, oh my gosh. I need lifeguards. Good. I need camp counselors. If you want to be a lifeguard, we will pay for your you training. Pay. It's And, and we do get, bonuses as well. These are paid jobs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely yeah, paid no, jobs. That's So awesome. many teenagers yeah. get their first job at a Y. Leo and Flowery Branch, what's the neighborhood hangout when you were 12? Hey, it was the Y, man. I played my flag football there first in the uh, park board. Where, where, where was it? It was in Wichita, Kansas, the YMCA. We started our first flag football there, and we hung out there. It was the reason I played football to this day. Awesome. Love Fantastic. Give me your uh, most impactful coach slash mentor. George Whitfield, Wichita Heights, father of the quarterback guru. Nice. Yep. And your fa- uh, first music you purchased. <laughs> 45 Kung Fu Fighting. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> that's awesome. That's strong. We may have to come back with that after the break. Thanks for the call, my friend. Yes, indeed. Lauren, great to have you in studio. I hope this was fun. It was a blast. 
I, I want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Anytime. Next time you just can co host We don't talk about all this why stuff. We'll oh, just hang out, right? I totally We'll talk that. about our lunch at Fox Brothers. Oh, something so like that, right? So good. Um, thanks to Lauren. Thanks uh, as we continue our leaders segment. We'll come back. Say hi to Andy and Randy. By the way, they got Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris on the show coming up. Fantastic. Both of them wow. live from Indy. Wow. This is where all the stars hang out on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio.